Ed Keenan moves back after being uh, the Washington bureau chief for the Toronto Star, and he's back in Toronto. And he wrote a very interesting column on Saturday as to whether Toronto of now holds up to the Toronto of, say, 30, 35 years ago. We discuss that in this segment right now. Everybody else has welcomed you back, so I'll do the same. Are you settling in nicely? I am settling in uh, a little bit, noticing a lot of uh, changes and I'll end some familiar things that uh, that I still love about the city. Uh, but I'm, I'm just happy to be back. Uh, Washington was a lot of fun and covering the United States was uh, very exciting and fascinating. Mm. Uh, but it, it, it also was exhausting. So so it's good to be home. I was going to ask how the, the states has felt during the pandemic, but the states, it doesn't like it doesn't all. It, 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 it doesn't work to be in one city and say, well, this is representative of the entire country. This is a reason why every time there's an election ad flyover country gets referenced as, you know, the Midwest mm. or the Plains states like it is. Washington doesn't feel like San Francisco, which doesn't feel like Miami, which doesn't feel like Chicago. Like there's no, hey, what's it like living in the states? Well, you got to you got to do a lot of traveling to get a real feel for it. Yeah. And I, I did get a lot of traveling. And, and as you mentioned, it is. It's vast country, right? And it's very, very different. And even within one place, uh, even within one region, it will be very, very different. You could uh, be in Washington, D.C., for example. And if you drive an hour or an hour and a half into Maryland or Virginia right beside it, you, you might feel like you're in a different country. Uh, mm. but, but beyond that, I mean, you know, how was the United States during the pandemic is a uh, Fair enough question, except that during that same pandemic, uh, the whole Black Lives Matter street protest movement happened. Uh, the Trump QAnon phenomenon rose up and then he rejected the results of an election. There was there was a, so much happening during the pandemic that it, 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 was, it didn't just seem like uh, this is how it was during the pandemic. It was like this unending series of crises or flashpoints, uh, all of which meant that, mm. you know, much, much of life in the United States. Uh, over the past couple of years has felt very tense, very much like 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 there's a battle going on for what direction the country is going to go in the future. And, and none of that's resolved yet, um, which is, you know, a, another reason why as a journalist, there are some things I'll miss about covering that because you, you wake up in the morning and uh, and, you know, you're not going to lack yeah. anything to write about. Uh, but but. You know, on the other hand, there's a there's a relief to bring my family home. So we're not mm. in that sort of pressure cooker environment all the time. Edward Keenan's a city columnist for the Toronto Star and joining us on Toronto today. Yeah, your column elicited a lot of emotion. I'm, I'm often, a, you know, a rear view mirror guy in that I think, well, wasn't this great back then? Like like even going to a, a concert at, at Bud Stage Saturday night, I'm like, and I explained to a friend of mine who'd never been there before. He's moved here from Scotland. And I'm like, but here's what Ontario Place was. And there was a water <laughs> slide and bumper boats. And you wanted to go see a movie at the Cinesphere. And then I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it, was, maybe it wasn't as awesome as I remember it. Maybe not having the internet wasn't that awesome. You were lonelier. You had to come up with your own entertainment more. So I can't tell. And you got me thinking that about Toronto. Like, what is is Toronto better now for someone of the exact same age and demographics than it was 30 years ago? Some people might make the case yes, but some would say no. There's a lot that's that's fallen by the wayside. I've been to that same Budweiser stage and had the urge to say to the people with me. Now, the real Ontario Place concert venue is the Forum, which is no longer here, but it had a rotating stage. And that's the way this is supposed to be. Right. That's that's what it's supposed to be. Uh, you sit up on the grass, you know. 
Um, what's better? Than, I, what's I better than looking at the performing artists' calves <laughs> and back and butt for yeah, half the show? Their back and the and the back of the drum kit and all the rigging. Yeah, do they tuck their shirt in? How well? Yeah, what what are, what are their hamstrings look like in leather pants? Like no, we it's it might be better the way it is now, but we're we're very uh, we we love what was old and familiar to us. It might be, but I, I think like, and I, I explore this a little bit in the column, and I, I quoted a sort of a, a writer named Colson Whitehead who wrote about New York City, that you're a real New Yorker the first time you pass a place and say, that used to be Muncie's, that used to be the TikTok lounge, right? Mm-hmm. That, what, what was there before is more real in your mind, like, like in Toronto, that's the, my real Toronto, the Toronto that, that, that exists in my head has honest eds at the corner of Bloor and Bathurst. That's right. And I'm going to spend the rest of my life getting used to the fact that there are giant apartment towers there. Uh, now, those are going to be places where people live, right? And they may well, I mean, the plans I saw for them and how I see it's unfolding, we'll have to see. They're not finished. But they may well turn into be a dynamite neighborhood and a great place to grow up, a great place to raise a family, a great place to live while you're going to school, right? Going to university. Um, and for those people who live there, that's that's going to be the real Toronto. And they'll, they won't be able to imagine what it would be like if their home was never built there. Uh, but for me, there's always going to be this weird uh, like mm. like every time your favorite places in the city get get changed. Um, it's almost like, you know, when you're reading a, a, an edit and instead of being sort of perfectly erased and the new word written in, somebody scratched something out. And then scribbled in something else. That's what it feels like, say, to see this corner of, of uh, Bluer and Bathurst. And, and for me, coming back to the city after three years away, the amount of changes in construction, the places that have closed down due to the pandemic, the places that have closed down just because time for them to close down, the buildings that have been built, the buildings that have been torn down. A lot of the city feels like, wow, this is a different place. And I'm not. I'm not sure yet hmm. if it's going to be a better place or a worse place. I mean, I got to make those new memories. But one thing, just to, to close off on your initial hmm. question, is that when you and I were younger, the one thing that, that is absolutely true about Toronto is that it didn't take you like 100% of the average salary to, to rent an apartment, right? I just, I just had to find a place to live for my, for my family, you know, looking for a four bedroom house and whether we wanted to buy or whether we wanted to rent, um, it's just, this is a punishingly expensive city to live in now. And if you're a university student, never mind that. If you're a, a person unfortunate enough to, to be on permanent disability, then, then the rent you're looking at paying, even if you got roommates is often, you know, as much or more than you make in a month. And I'm not I'm not I don't think that's a better thing for most people. No, no. And I only got 90 seconds here, but I you, you reminded me of I got into uh, the year I was going to go. I, I did a poli sci degree at Western. Then I want to go to journalism school. So I applied to Ryerson, but I also applied to Fanshawe where I lived in London for broadcast journalism. Not a bad program. And I probably knew I didn't I, you know, I, I would be on the radio or TV and not do print. So I get into both. But I'm not thinking it at the time. Oh, I'm saving my parents money. By or they can't. Aff- I'm going to break them financially if I say, "Ah, damn it! I really want to go to what now would be TMU." It was just better for me. I felt like I'll be a bigger fish in a smaller pond. Toronto's can be a little bit, a little intimidating if you've never lived there. The first time you move downtown and you're going against all these, uh, all these alphas in the in the journalism program. But now I think about it, and I'm like, parents have a huge decision to make with 
Tuition's expensive as it is. Cost of living is expensive, let alone rent. And I got to think there's parents that are alums of UNT and Ryerson, UNT and Ryerson that are like, please go to Guelph, go to Brock, go to Western. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't don't tell me, you, uh, you know, at the kitchen table, you want to go to a Toronto school. And that's awful. Because it, and, and you hate to be in that position as a parent. Uh, yeah. You hate it as a student, too, when you when you well, feel like your choices are being constrained by by real estate prices. Very, very much so. Listen, I got to leave it there, but let's have another chat in the next uh, couple of weeks. I'd really love your stuff. I'd like that, Greg. All right. Edward Keenan uh, joining a city columnist uh, for the Toronto Star. His his uh, op ed returning to Toronto got me thinking, can I love my city's future the way I love its past? It's a complex question. That's why we love talking to uh, guests like that.